All right. Good morning, everybody. I'm Zach Hayes, and I'm joined today by Ryan Kirsten. We had so much fun on our last Primo podcast that we decided we're going to spin this bad boy off and we're going to talk finances. We're going to do a whole show around financial independence and what we learned so that you don't have to. Because I think after Ryan's last show where we talked, we saw that there were many different ways we could go with this, many different topics we could cover, and we enjoy talking about it. So hence the show was born. Welcome. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, it's a great time last time. Um, the last podcast we did that uh, I couldn't wait to come back. It's the first spinoff of the Primo podcast, a yeah. spinoff show. There we go. Is that, does that happen in, podca- just, in the podcast just like world? The, just like the um, Game of Thrones shows. <laughs> <laughs> so today, our topic is going to be what they don't teach you in school. And I think we're talking more like high school age, younger generations to where you're establishing that base of education. But they, they the, the things that pertain to finance and personal responsibility, personal financial independence, that stuff doesn't even get touched on. And I know we were going back and forth and our, our lists will vary, but there's a heck of a lot that they're not teaching us that we should be knowing. And we'll touch on that throughout. But Ryan, what do you, what do you think? What is the one thing that, uh, uh, what was your main takeaway from 12 years of public school? Yeah, they, um, you know, I had this, this education. I don't think I was the best student. And I, I mean, I walked away and then I had, went to school. Uh, I made a bunch of mistakes in my student loans. I mean, that was a time period that a lot of people did. But then, you know, I made some mistakes with my personal checking account, um, overdraft fees, uh, credit cards. That was like the credit card boom. So all these things boiled down to personal finance. And um, that was a bad lesson to learn. It had a, uh, lo- had a lasting effect on my credit which, you know, it, it, it hurt me when I got out of college, got my first job, had to get a car, had to get do credit checks for apartments. It has, uh, it has a long-lasting effect. So um, just taking yeah, care will, of your money. This will continue on throughout the rest of your life. We're not right. talking about just like young Ryan Kirsten going into college needing to get a, a car loan. These turn into adults with kids who need to get car loans, and they don't teach them. And it's just right. this vicious cycle that right. we find ourselves in. Yeah, you don't teach if you don't learn yourself and pass that knowledge on. Which I, I kind of feel like my parents didn't teach me that well. Maybe they did, and I didn't listen. Maybe it's my own fault. But you need to press that onto yourself and your your family because it has these long lasting effects that totally screw you in the long run, and it makes you unaware. And honestly, if you're trying to make it in the business world, or you're make you have your own business, or be a um, success in whatever craft you choose, these things all touch that area. They all affect that. And if you can't master it yourself, it's gonna hurt you along the way to achieve whatever goal you you have out there. So um, we all have to deal with money. We all have um, to pay our bills. Now, we're not all going to become scientists. We're not all no. going to become, you know, uh, mathematicians, but they stress that in school. And we, we, we've been learning math and social studies from the time we're in first grade up until we, we graduate, graduate with our diploma. Yeah. You know, um, we last we talked about insurance. You know, I'm in, I'm in the insurance world, and uh, I, I'm surprised. Part of uh, the things we sell are credit cards, so bank, some banking products. And obviously car insurance. The thing I was surprised at most is people just don't understand how credit cards work. 
a, a lot scary of people because how many do you understand. have in your wallet? Right. Um, they don't understand how they work, and then also um, how financing cars work and um, balancing a checkbook. These these very simplistic things that have a long lasting effect. No matter, like I said, no matter what you choose, yeah, it's kind of like the foundation of of yeah. everything. Um, and I think understanding these things because they're like if you the the uh, you know outside world the people that you're going to go interact with the businesses you're going to interact with your employer they expect you to know this stuff for sure if you don't you're putting yourself behind you're you're making yourself less competitive from people that you're trying to take a job from or you're trying to you know you're trying to take a position or earn a job well you're just being less competitive in life in general yeah, I mean, exactly. you're you're behind yeah. the eight ball and and you're not just you know it's not just a matter of you know, yeah, everybody, everybody's always very concerned about what they earn and how much are you earning, but how much of that are you, are you squandering away in high interest loans or high interest credit card debt? Oh, yeah, so man. really you take a pay cut and you just manage some of those bills a little bit better and you're giving yourself a raise. You're worried right. about your employer giving you a raise. You could essentially do give things yourself, oh, to man, give yourself a, a raise. That's a great point. That's a great know? point. You know, and it seems like there's so many people that I deal with that are, have this like really nonchalant, and I think I was one of them. That's like, oh, you know, it'll figure itself out. Oh, I don't need to do that. You know, I, I'm above that. And uh, you know, however the world works, you know, I, 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 it's gonna just work itself out, and I'm happy where I'm at. Like you just said, a couple tweaks in your personal decision making can give yourself a raise and put yourself in a better position than your neighbor, the guy down the street, the person you're competing for a job for. Um, or it's a difference between that shitty car you're driving to work every day and the nice new car that's reliable, never breaks down. The less thing you have to worry about. Well, let me ask you this then. If, if that is the case, if it's so easy to just, you know, change your mindset to, you know, start gaining a little bit of financial independence, you know, you, you start talking about the things you need to do and things you, you don't need to do now. Why aren't they teaching it though? in school when it does make such a big difference. You know, we, we, I was looking it up and, you know, out of all 50 States, there are only five States that require a personal, uh, finance course for high school. And those States are, uh, Alabama, Virginia, Tennessee, Utah, and Missouri. So out of the entire country, those are the only states that are requiring this upon graduation. And it makes me wonder, how has this not been adopted sooner? How, when, when we are living in a society that has such high credit card debt, that has such, uh, um, you know, uh, lack of upward mobility and just uh, people who don't have $500 in an emergency situation to bail themselves out, when when we're seeing that everybody goes through the public school system and nobody is learning this stuff, doesn't it kind of make you, the gears turn a little bit to say, if we just taught this and led with this, maybe we would be able to fix some of the problems that we see. That's a great point, man. That's a great point. I, I honestly, my personal feeling, and I haven't researched this, this is probably, you know, hearsay or whatever you want to call it, but I, I don't think that's taught because school systems are state funded. They're run by tax dollars. Who decides those curriculums? It's not somebody, maybe not the best person in the, um, you know, whoever's deciding this, they're not, they don't have the best, they're limited resources. You know what I mean? Yeah, so they can sure. put so much in. That's why they're cutting on these different programs in schools, like the music program. You've heard all this stuff sure. before. But I think that's, that has something to do with it. I also think that, um, you know, I see some of the teachers, it's just like I'm insurance. I see some insurance agents who are schlups. 
Sure. Know, I see some teachers, kids that I went to high school with that are schlups. Yeah. Maybe that, that's not fair. Maybe and it's they turn every their industry. life around. It's right? every industry. There's some schlups in there too, but I, I just, I honestly think it's, they got, they have a requirement they have to hit in, the, in this minimum requirement. And they're so focused on funding. There's all these different things, just like any job that they, they miss that. They miss the marker on that. And it's not a focus. And look at all the, like you just said, the rec, we talked about this in the last podcast, mm-hmm. the record number of bankruptcies, the record number of people in debt. That, um, that have an upside down loan on their mortgage or their car, an auto loan, or have, I mean, the average American has less than $1,000 in their savings account. That would send me into panic. Yeah, but and the pe- fact that people are living, living like that. Paycheck to paycheck is just so, so scary. Oh, man, it's, it's more prevalent than I had ever realized. Well, and you usually don't know it until it's too late. You know what I mean? Because... When you're going through this and you're living paycheck to paycheck, that's well and good as long as the paychecks keep coming. But then yeah. once they stop, that's when you start to see the results and the you know that snowball effect starts to grow. And now you're seeing the the collapse that we had in 2008. And I think you know it's kind of like we forgot that that happened. Yeah. I think a lot of people just started, have been riding it's, high the last ten years, and we've all completely forgot this. And we don't the same way. But I think the same way that the schools now, because they eliminated so many trade programs in the yeah. state of Michigan for public schools, all these schools were 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 tearing out their uh, you know their 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 shop classes and their their the welding classes and this and that. Right. And now all of a sudden, they're like, oh shit, these people are making really good money. They're making better money than the kids who are spending four years in college. These kids are spending two years in a trade school and coming out making 60 grand a year. Yeah, they're putting in a lot of hours to get to that 60, 70 grand that's a year. That's what it takes. But it, that's what it takes. Whereas the kid coming out of the, with the college degree doesn't even have the opportunity to make that. Yeah, so it, this is a good point. So let's separate something. I see people in, in a business um, setting, like they're a business person, a lawyer, a professional, okay, a white collar job make just as bad or maybe even a doctor terrible decisions on personal financing. Like they, they, they're living, they're living paycheck to paycheck too. Those big houses in Florida with the two fancy cars, um, living on the water, those people, there's just as many people. Yeah, those in that people situation. aren't exempt from no. uh, paycheck to paycheck right. status, even though they have a lot more than the average Joe. Right, they're just dealing with higher dollar amounts than uh, and some of these other people who you know maybe lower middle class, small house, or tr- struggling to have one or two cars on the road, struggling to pay their insurance bill, struggling to pay their electrical bill. They're living paycheck to paycheck too, and one little thing could throw them into a spiral out of control to, to bankruptcy or losing something. Um, so it's not it's not just a it's not an economic class thing. It's a it's a personal finance thing. Like that's what we're trying to get across here. So understanding these things um, is 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 a good is good practice for no matter where you are. And well, so many people don't understand how um, like you said, the mortgage works or um, uh, how a car loan works and they're financing everything and they're not saving any money. Right now in America, the the people who have the most money. People that's 65 years old or older. Okay. Baby boomers, yeah. don't, we talked about this last show. They don't have any money because you said like they could be taking care of two generations. Sure. Along with themselves, they're financing everything. They're amounts of debt. So we forgot how to save. I think the um, just saving money, putting money away and not touching, having the discipline not to touch it is a simple concept that most people don't follow. So um, there's a lot of self-help books out there that recommend taking 10% 
of your paycheck and putting a savings house where we don't we don't touch it. Depending on your level of income, whatever liabilities you have, which ten percent is nothing. It's nothing, but it sounds so little to people like you and I. But when you're if you're trying to pay down, let's say let's say you have a you're in credit card debt and that that credit card is costing you eighteen percent APR. And you're going and saying, now you want me to save 10% when I'm barely making enough to pay down this credit card. So isn't, isn't my best method to pay this high interest credit card off first and then start saving. But that could take years for some people. I mean, they're just trying to get by. They didn't get into credit card debt because they could easily pay off the card. If they could, they wouldn't be in that situation. So what got them there in the first place? It was just that they didn't see it as real. They didn't see it as real money. They didn't see it as a real consequence. And they didn't realize that that, you know, $500 shopping spree they went on in reality is probably going to cost them $1,500 over the course of the time that it takes to pay off that credit card. Yeah. And I think too, that shopping spree, okay, that let's expand on that a little bit. That's an impulsive thing. It's an impulsive thing that's taught and it's, 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 um, you know, that's, that's, um, something that, companies that uh, have become very, very good at, they want you to buy the nice, new, flashy thing. New cell phone. How many people have brand new cell phones? Because right, right on the phone. And, like and super, everything that comes along with it. 15 years ago, we had flip phones. Dude, you would have never been right. on a credit card debt if no. you had that. <laughs> $600 phones, $700, $800 phones. No way. No. We have them. They're like computers. This is the mini computer. but Which um, is great. Right. I mean, I love it, but I can afford to buy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. But I mean, you see people, kids with these, they don't have jobs. Their parents right. are paying for them, you know? And so you could see people that maybe don't even have a job that are old. They're not a kid and they have this too. They have the nice shoes. They, they have, okay, here's the thing I see a lot. I have credit card debt. I'm having to struggle with paying it off, but I just leased a new truck. <laughs> sure. What the? But you, not just not just the base model truck. No, no. This was like decked out. Yeah. It's and they're the proud of leather it's like interior. You, and you're leasing it. You get, you're not growing an asset. You're renting no, it. You're you renting are. that. You're car. borrowing it. And by the way, when you lease something, you're up, you're, you're held, you're held to a decision. You have to have a required amount of insurance on a car. Right. Like the leasing company requires to have this much insurance. Sure. So you, you, you eliminate a decision on how much you want to have there too. So you're being held True. to another standard. You're letting somebody else make the decision for you. Right. And I mean, the, uh, banks, banks love it when you go into credit card debt. Like you, you, if you, if you, um, if you're maxed on your car and say, oh, I can't make the minimum payment, you know, I, I can't do this. They'll go to that bank and the bank's like, Hey, don't worry. We'll help you out. We're going to work with you. Of course they want to, cause they're going to make so much money so off much, your You are, you are, you are, uh, handcuffed to them for eternity. And guess what? If you don't, if you don't, uh, do what you're supposed to do and pay on time or do it. You need, you want it. You're guess what? They're coming for your biggest asset. They're coming for your house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what they're going to, you're, you're, you're putting that up as collateral without Oof. a doubt. Oof. Yeah. Now, it's bad. So this, this kind of makes me think though, when you start to say this stuff and we're, we're asking the question why they're not teaching this in school, mm-hmm. do they want us to be in this situation? And by do they, I mean, does, does society do, do the banks, do the credit card companies, they, they don't make money off of me paying my card on time. They don't make money off of me, you know, using it just to buy groceries and then paying off the card at the end of the month. If we all did what you and I do, there would be no credit card company because they would not be making any money. Uh, yeah. You know, 
you hear people say, follow the money, then you'll figure out why we're doing certain things. This kind of makes a lot of sense. Right. So I don't want to get like conspiratorial here, but I, I mean, that's kind of that, that when I started doing my very, research, very smart. yeah, well, when I started doing my research here and I'm wondering, like, it makes so much sense for us to get on track as a, as a nation to start teaching our kids personal finance that, you know, why wouldn't we do that? And the only answer I can get is because somebody's making a lot of money off of us, always having having to work until we're 65, 70 now to pay our bills. Somebody's making money off of us constantly being in credit card debt. Mm-hmm. Why would they want us to be quote unquote free like that? You know, our hands are tied here. So we have to, until we, you know, are done paying our bills. We're working yeah. to pay our bills. Um, you know, that way, that way they're always getting a cut. There's always income to them. Um, and it's not, I can't fault them. They no, found of a great not. way to make money. That's their business. And yeah, you could say there's like a, uh, like a personal accountability, like they have to be doing right by people. And I eh, think, not necessarily. yeah, I think, uh, you, there's some of that there, but it's like, they're giving people access to money to make purchases and they're not, they're not holding a gun to your head saying, you got to buy this car. No, so but we we are them. we are impulsive people, and our our minds don't work that way. We see we see Ryan just got a brand new, fully loaded truck, and I'm driving around an old old Beater, vehicle. Yeah. I wanna I wanna have what Ryan has, and I don't care what Ryan does. I don't care what Ryan makes. Yeah. I don't care how Ryan pays for that. I just know I want what Ryan has. So I think a lot of it boils down to even if you did go through those courses and learn a lot of that stuff, are we responsible enough as individuals to even, you know, be completely uh, responsible and not overextend ourselves? Because overextending is a huge, huge part. We want to keep up with the Joneses. I've used this analogy before. Two people come up to a red light. They're both driving a Corvette. Same model, same make, same everything. One guy is financially independent. One guy owes everything for that car. Yeah. Uh, can't does it rents his apartment? You have no idea. But at first glance, those two guys look exactly, look the, same. exactly the same. Yeah. They look Successful, like they have the same amount of awesome. success. And guess yeah. what? That's all they care about. Perception is reality yeah. in their minds. Yeah, I guess uh, you know that, and that people see that and they want to emulate that. Sure, you know. I mean, this is kind of a cliche, but look at look at rap music. I mean, they the videos fake it till you make it, baby. Yeah, I mean, those guys show uh, emulate uh, a you know a picture of gold, money, um, the best. You're awesome looking. You got all the nice stuff. You're in a big mansion. You're on a yacht. You and I grew up in the same same yeah. uh, uh, era, so like we're we're picturing the same rap videos yeah, in our mind yeah, right exactly. now. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> on like, MTV. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, and oh my gosh, I look so awesome. I want to be like that. And I live in Ruby, Michigan. <laughs> we're at the end of a dead end road in a ranch house with a pool barn. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not you, gonna get there. <laughs> yeah, you literally have to drive like uh, for an hour to even buy those CDs back in the yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. Nobody, and, CDs. Yeah. Nobody even knows what that is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's dating ourselves a yeah. little bit, but. But the funny thing about it, though, when you say that, it's like, look at what that does to a generation of kids, though, who see that and they are like, okay, I want that. I knew when I was that age, I wanted the big bass system in my car. I wanted new rims. I wanted wanted the new clothes. I wanted to go pop bottles and do that (laughs) that kind of stuff. And, And make it rain. The funny thing is, though, 
as you start to make that money and as you start to invest that money and as you start to grow up a little bit, you realize how unimportant those things actually are. But when you're a young kid, nobody's teaching you that. So if school's not going to do it, which we kind of, you know, we, we have no control over that, right? right? Something we do have control over though is our role as parents, our role as, uh, you know, the same way you would teach your kid how to change oil in his car, which my dad never did, by the way. Thanks, dad. <laughs> we, we did it um, all the time. <laughs> I, I always go to, I always have to go to the, uh, the car wash to get my, my oil changed. But, uh, but those are the little details where if, if, if that was just discussed and talked about to say, Hey, here's how compound interest works. This is a great tool. Here's how a Roth IRA works. This is a great tool. It's so great. In fact, that they're only going to let you put so much into it every year. Okay. So, so is it the stigma then? Because my parents didn't talk about money. Mm -hmm, Mine either. Mine neither. Is there a stigma there? Are we embarrassed by how much or how little we make? Because I've seen the people whose, whose kids were taught about money and their parents discussed it probably because they had it or maybe because dad and mom just saved really well. But yeah. those kids, they're better with their money. They really yeah. are. No, it's, it I makes mean, a difference. I, I think my wife was one of those people because she tries She's always like, well, what, what, you know, what about this? Did you do this? I'm like, Oh my gosh, ad nauseum. But because that's how she treats her, you know, it's how she treats her. She herself. has to get out of credit card debt, right? She, oh, she's student just like loan. student, loan, student debt. loan debt. Yeah. Um, credit card debt. I, I worked my way out of that, but I mean, that was a problem too, cause I didn't understand how it worked, but I'm just looking, um, I was just looking, there's a Forbes article that talks about the five reasons for personal health, why it should be taught in school. And, you know, I just, one of the reasons taught to me financial, uh, uh, successful or like financial, uh, personal finance. So if you're, if you're successful at that, it leads to a healthier life. Um, so right now that's a, that's a big thing. You see all these diets, you see people overweight, you see this thing. Sure. That's a big deal. So how is personal finance and health connected? It, it, I mean, they're, they're correlated. Absolutely. Right. And I, I just look at, if you're not, if you, if you don't have control of your personal finance, like you don't know how to do simple things like balance your checkbook, utilize a credit card properly. Um, make sure you're not, you're, you're saving money and not growing your debt where you, you're going to be working until you're 65 just to pay your bills, mm-hmm. that's going to have a health consequence on your, a negative health consequence on yourself, overweight, maybe you drink too much, uh, you smoke, you make these choices, which I'm not saying they're, those are terrible. You know, people do them. It's not a direct indicator, but they're definitely correlated. Like right. You said, yeah. You, but that, that stuff, it seems to increase drinking, smoking, if in times of bad financial well, it's funny you say that too, because when I was looking up some information for the show, I, I, and, and this kind of surprised me. I thought, you know, credit card debt or student loan debt was going to be higher. But one of the the number one reasons for people going into debt is the um, is is a health crisis. Uh, it, whether you you incur medical bills or whether you oh, have yeah. to be on certain meds or you're you're having to um, you know take time away from work. Which I mean, if you want to touch on disability policies, that would be a whole other show we could do. Yeah. But but those are the reasons why people go into debt. And if you're not prepared for that, if you are walking around with a thousand dollars in your back pocket and that's all you got, when those rainy days come you're going to be screwed. Right. And, and that's it, why it people go into debt. I mean, and that's why people go into uh, debt or they go completely bankrupt and lose everything, everything gone um, and have no ability to work. I mean, your biggest a, asset is you. 
Yeah, you're big. You're right. Oh my god, did you go to the same insurance class as I did? Your biggest. <laughs> I have asset, no background in insurance. <laughs> your I know biggest nothing asset about insurance. is your ability to earn income. It's not your house. It's not your checking account. It's not your car. It's, you know, because you can sell those things. I guess it's not very liquid, but you can sell those things and have some income from it. But your ability to go to work, generate a paycheck consistently, is your biggest asset. And a lot of people don't protect that. That's, no. di- that's disability insurance. It's protecting your paycheck. Um, you, you buy car insurance to protect your car because the state makes you. you buy uh, home insurance because the mortgage company makes you because most people have a mortgage. Uh, but how do you afford those things? With your paycheck. And if you don't protect that, you're going to be screwed. And if you're not, if you're not utilizing that paycheck, if you're not um, you know, making sure you're being smart with your money, you're going to have other problems too. So a lot of that, I mean, a lot of this is connected. And I just let Forbes article I was talking about, I, I looked at a couple things, just how we're asking why isn't taught in school. Well, I mean, they pull people like, when do you think, because because it's such a money, When do you think you're able to comprehend Right, this? they're saying, oh, money touches everything. You know, it is a big part of your life. And if you don't manage it properly, you're going to have these big problems that you otherwise don't need to deal with. Right. And you can focus on other things like your passion, whatever you want to do in your life, your family. And they ask you, they ask people, when do you think it should be started? Like, when do you think it should be taught in school? Yeah. 30% believe it should be started in elementary school. Okay. Okay. Um, I would agree with that statement. 33% it should be, they believe it should be taught in middle school. 32% believe it should be started in high school. And only 5% believe it should be started in college. So, well, yeah, look at what the people want. Give the people what give they the want. Give the people what they want. Come on, that's our goal here. Let's give the people <laughs> I, what they want. I honestly think um, the, if you're going to high school, I think that's kind of the biggest thing you want. But just because we, I, I look back at my experience and I look at people around me, my family, extended family, sure, uh, brothers and sisters, if they had a little bit more um basic understanding of how to like how to save their money how to how these uh financial products work credit cards checking accounts uh loans you can make better decisions and you can focus on the thing that we all focus on like our like people are very some people are very career driven and they make these decisions solely based on advancing their career when a personal finance decision goes by they don't give it the attention they need you know so they they might make a mistake uh it puts them back a little bit. And it's a small, minute thing, but putting you back a little bit, especially if it has to do with debt, has an impact on if you're trying to do something like buy a car, buy a house, get a loan. That's going to have a that's going to have a, some type of consequence. Absolutely. So learning how to balance your learning how to balance your checkbook, save some money, um, understand that you're going to pay taxes, especially if you're going into business and you're going to be a business owner, under, managing that, um, understanding when you when you take out a loan how that loan actually works. You pay a majority of the interest in the first couple of years of a loan um, and understanding, listen, if do I really need this fancy new thing to advance whatever goal I have? Wants versus needs. What's yeah. your ultimate goal? Well, let me, because you kind of touched on some of this. So, so let me kind of run through some, some words here for you. And, you know, uh, let me, let's play a little game here. So interest, inflation, mortgages, loans, savings, leverage, investing, debt, insurance, retirement. Those are all terms that you and I probably hear all the time. It's always things that we think about. Now, as much as we know about these terms today, how many of those terms do you think you actually heard about in school? Wow. It's been a long time since I've been in school, but, uh, I I don't, I mean, maybe, uh, 
maybe interest no that was in kind of like a, a, nope. a math problem nope um geez i don't know i never heard the word retirement no nope because our you know back back then the school the old adage is your employer is going to provide a pension you know that's what everyone thought sure or you know when when that kind of went away everyone got these 401ks and no one understood the tax consequence on those they're like oh just put as much as you can in your 401k that's retirement which is which is wrong but um the, you know, I can't think insurance. Did we talk about insurance in school? I, I, don't, I don't think, think so. so. Now here, this part, this is twofold. Now I'm going to run through some more words for you. Okay. Verbs, punctuation, protagonist, mitosis, Magna Carta, electoral college, filibuster, Pythagorean theorem. Now, do Whoa, those terms all, those. all bring back memories yeah. of school? The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, baby. <laughs> See, I know it. See, exactly. <laughs> These are things that, but guess what? I would I would go out on a limb and say none of those words are relevant to your life today. I, I'd argue that the uh, electoral college thing is, okay, is, is relevant fair. just because how much p- politics has become like a soap opera sure. the last couple of years. We're living in a different elevated, yeah, uh, heightened you know, world of politics right now. They make right it now. more important than it really, than really is. But um, yeah, I, every single one of those words you said. I can sing a song I learned in English class that has to do with uh, uh punctuations and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't want to, what does that tell you? You don't, you don't need it now, but you, what they instilled in you at that age, you, if they, if they had a song about compound interest, you would be able to recite that. And maybe you would think twice. You are making me want to go to the local school I live in and put on my own class right now. Well, and I think that's part of the response. And and in today's day and age where you do have so much information out there for podcasts and for, uh, YouTube videos and just white pages and content, like you said, in general, I think that's kind of what part of our mission here is, is to inform people and say, you know, we've been through this. We've been in your shoes. We want to either help you get out of this situation that you're in or talk to you before it's too late because Ryan and I are not, uh, we're somewhat self-made. We did not, we did not come from money. We do not, you know, we were not taught these things. We learned it on our own. And that's why I think we do have this dialogue. Um, because it would be so simple just to say, you know, finance is math. Yeah. Why can't you get, why can't you tie the two together? Economics is a science. Oh, and it's, it's, I remember economics in high school and college, getting it, it was like the class you just kind of took and you weren't really expecting much it is such a big deal these days i talk about economics almost daily i love economics i, I know weekly yeah and it's it has such a big deal with that has such a connection with your personal finance and long term decisions you make about money right um that anybody now who's having some type of success in their life they look at the, the economic picture is a thing something to look at daily you know, people who successful, like I have some extra income here, um, disposable income. I want to invest. Right. Well, looking at knowing economic factors, knowing lead indicators, lag indicators, that's something that you look at to make financial investment decisions. Well, and it sounds scary because we don't hear about these things until we become right. adults. If oh. we had some of that background at a younger age, then I think it would be less scary. We would have a little bit of background knowledge. Yes, you're not going to un, you're, you're not going to be able to explain the bell curve of ec- economics to no. a, an no. elementary school student, but guess what? If I have somewhat of an idea of, of how supply and demand works, how 
economics in general works, how how um, inflation works, then I'm a, I'm better prepared for when I get into a situation where I need it to work for me. So a few things that you just said there that I just was thinking, and I, I really, I, I need to learn to listen to you more. And then I need to write my thoughts down because they're coming through my head so fast. I want to like spew as you're talking, which is not, not, not nice. But, um, spew mean talk a lot. Th- we'll get better throw at this up. as time goes on. Yeah. But, um, I remember like even, uh, trades people, uh, I know a lot of people in trades, operating engineers, um, electricians, people who pour cement, do, do flat work, uh, build houses, a lot of that the math, understanding margins, um, economics, basic economics theories, like, okay, what is opportunity cost? If I bid this job, do I really want to get this job or is there another job I want to bid on that's actually going to be well worth my time? I'll get a better return, like a better margin on, you know, not winning every job is okay. You know, and people learn that like these, these contractors learn that through experience, just like We've learned that as a business. You right, know, we, business we don't want to, we Sometimes don't want to take every the, job. The most profitable job is the job you didn't get. Yeah, right. Because you're going to pull your hair out trying to make it happen and you're not going to make as much money as you that you actually should have because you you know you overextended yourself. That's, that's like a, a microchasm of personal finance, I think, or, or business decision. But um, I see it all the time. It's like, oh, yeah, I made, I took this job and, and like it's just this customer's very hard to work with. You know, we really had to pull pull some favors to get reductions on product pricing, things like yeah. that. It's like okay, understanding opportunity cost to, to bid your job is a very basic thing you well, need man. to learn to run a successful business, no matter if you're a small business or a big business. But that's even for you, and it, it's funny you say that because on I I had a setup for the next show. Mm-hmm. My my topic was going to be is college worth it? Mm. And the very first line in my notes is let's talk about opportunity cost. Oh, wow. Because that wow. is, that is huge for just the decision for college right. in general. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but I just had to, that's a little teaser for episode two, right. I guess, because that is such a big There's thing. There's a here. cost associated with that degree. Absolutely. absolutely. And some of the kids I meet now, um, kids going into um, college, freshmen, they're so much smarter than I was. Like, I'm going to go to a... Uh, I'm going to go to a different a, world oh, than, we, than we did, Ryan. And, and their parents did wonderful jobs. Um, but they're like, I'm going to go to a, a, a community college for two years and transfer to a college, uh, you know, a state so college. Smart. So it's like, smart. Oh my God, you know, if you, if, if, if I did that or some friends of mine did that, they're not going to be in the terrible situation that they were, that they're in now. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm free and clear. Thank God. But, um, you know, I have friends cause I went to a small private school. It has a long lasting effect and it's a terrible, terrible burden on you financially. But, um, so yeah, that opportunity cost is huge. I can't wait to talk about that, but let's go back to the interesting thing in school too. It's like, um, if you could relate Make these topics relatable to what these kids see. I grew up in a very small town. A lot of the kids' parents were blue-collared workers. Sure. Right? If you can somehow make the curriculum relate, it's a hard word to say, relatable to what they Which see. Which one? Curriculum or relatable? Which one were you struggling <laughs> with? I'm going to go with both. But if you, what they see in their home life, like their dad is a uh, cement contractor worker or he's, he has a small business or he builds houses, or uh, he's an auto worker. If you can make it relatable what the decisions that their parents are making, right. it, it, to the kid, it clicks. Sure. You know what I mean? And it makes it interesting to them, and they want to pay attention. And it's going to provoke a conversation with that child and their parents. Um, 
and he wants to get more involved and understand what's going on. Um, Oh, I see what you mean. So if you want parents to talk about it, make it relatable to them as well. I mean, you gotta, you gotta think about where the kid's going to ask questions. It happens if they're a decent parent, they're going to ask questions. They always learn school today. And if, (laughs) and if if dad is a, a, is, is, if he's working on the line for Ford, is he going to necessarily understand when you start talking about the, um, the investment banker or the investment banker on wall street invested X amount of dollars that, you know, there's, you know, there is a there's a different set of rules that we're all playing by, but we all try to make it like it's all on one level playing field. And you're right. I mean, how you got to make it relatable because if it's not relatable, then we get scared. When you start talking opportunity costs, that is that is based on fear. You're taking that job because you're afraid that the next one's not going to come along. It's that mental game that we're all playing. Well, I know here. I took my first job because I had so much debt, student loan debt. I had to take the first job that somebody offered me so I could start paying those loans. But um yeah, I, I think too, like that that dad on the auto line. So this is kind of a reach, but you know, when you work in an auto factory or an auto plant, they um, they are incentivized to buy the vehicle to the, of the company that the company sure. manufactures. Yeah. Ford, if you work for Ford, Ford gives nice discounts to a plan for employees. Well, they get nice discounts, but they still have to finance that, lease it, something. So talk about how loans work, oh, you know? Oh, geez. But then you just got, you got my mind racing right now where it's like, they do that because now they're making money off their employees. Right. And Smart. it's kind of like when they're, they, they do like the, uh, the, the housing for employees. It's like, you're making your money off of where your employees are living, working. You have the little yeah. shop open and it's like, are they, they're just lessening their burden. And I mean, we're going through a, this whole UAW strike right now. That it's is terrible one of for the, the workers, man. I feel bad for those guys. Absolutely. I mean, you have to, but I mean, at the same time, they're setting the stage now for what's going to happen in the next 20 years now here. Yeah. You know what I mean? This, this, these are important things. And as, as that I, I was listening to something and I wish I knew the, the exact numbers, but it was something along the lines of, 70% of the jobs that will be available 20 years from now have not even been created yet. They're, they they uh, do not even yeah. exist. Right. So how can we even point people in the right direction? Because so, so here's the thing. We don't know the landscape of what's coming, but we know that if you're financially responsible on a personal level, you will be at least somewhat successful and you will have some independence and you won't be relying on where, what these jobs uh, have to offer and what these wages have to offer. These people want better wages because they're struggling in some way. They haven't yeah. seen a huge pay bump in a long time. Yeah. There's some statistics about the pay bumps for the middle class. They haven't grown that much and you know, that stinks. So they're fighting. I mean, they think they're owed more. They're going to fight for it. And I mean, I, I would take some um, criticism. I would I would hope they'd open up some criticism to the leadership about how they're handling this. I think the union kind of idea is a little outdated. Sure. I it think needs some updating. Yeah, I think there's some things they can do to re- better rep- represent themselves. Um, but um, that's that's kind of getting out of this this yeah. podcast. But um, the, the topic of going back to being relatable and, uh, and, and be able to get people interested in this thing, I, I go back to that movie um, Blow when uh, Johnny Depp's in prison 
and he starts, uh, he's teaching the <laughs> yeah, class. I know he where goes, you're going with this. He goes, hey, you know, I could tell you guys about math or English, and you can sit there and ignore me for an hour, but I'm going to talk about something that's, that's, that's good. I'm going to talk about how to move X amount of kilos of weed from here to there or whatever, from Mexico to the United States, and everyone, like, kind of perked up, and his future business partner's like, huh? You know? <laughs> like, you have to make it relatable because... George? Yeah, George. <laughs> uh, but you have to make it relatable so these kids can... can uh, can understand it. And I don't think that's a stretch. I mean, I know it's kind of asking a lot and it's, it's like a lot of like uh, theoretical stuff, like making it relatable. Like, okay, how do I do that? I'm a, that's I'm a so teacher. true. That's what they get. Like they yeah. want to be an immersed in, what do you think a high school kid wants to learn about right now? Do you think he wants to learn about, um, you know, uh, old school advertising or does he want to learn about like Snapchat and TikTok and Facebook and Instagram? Like those things, it is advertising at its core and it's marketing at its core, but you're relating it to what they know. Right. All those that things. Also, that also makes them want to buy the $800 cell phone. Sure. Super but they, genius marketing. They probably have it already. <laughs> yeah, they do. I'm they sure they have do. have it already. They're um, better off than you and I were in high school. That's yeah. for sure. I, I, my first cell phone was after I graduated. It was the brick Nextel. <laughs> I would have loved a Nextel. I got, you know what mine, mine was? Mine was literally called a track phone. And I went to Kmart. So I mean you ran like track? No, no, no. So it basically, I think they called it that because it like tracked hours. It tracked uh, minutes on the, the thing because I would get there and, you know, I, my, my parents bought the phone and it's like, here, you have to go get a phone card and load it up every time you want to use it. And literally, like, I wasn't like, I wasn't calling girls. I wasn't calling yeah. my, it was like, Mom, can you come pick, pick me, me up? up. <laughs> I need a ride. Yeah, Meanwhile, to practice. These were other kids walking around with beepers and pagers and yeah. like oh, that at the at the at the at the bowling alley waiting to be picked up. <laughs> Nobody. Like my this. mom's here. The the beeper's going off. It's vibrating. Like how crazy? Anybody is that? in their twenties right now has no idea what a pager is. <laughs> Dude, I want those to make a comeback. I want like I want the hard like sturdy briefcase with the pager where it's just like nine more. And you could probably make a pager really cool now. Yeah, you, know? you probably could. You could probably just make it so it's all like one screen and it's almost like your burner. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think we should work on that. That's See, look good, at that. Idea. Ideas are born on this show. We got <laughs> off track a little bit, but like watch out for the pager that is, uh, you know, that you can just clip to your belt. It's, it's, just si- all no, it's the, the size screen. of a Tic Tac, like magnets. To it's got to be the same. So I, I want, I want to like refurbish an old <laughs> pager and make those make a comeback with the fanny pack. Man, and Romeo, look out. But the back to the personal finance thing, I think, um, I, I honestly think it's, it's, I've been honest the whole time on this podcast, but you need to teach kids how to do these basic functions because it's going, it's, it's, I don't think things are going to get like exponentially better. They're, they're pretty good right now. So you have to learn to play inside the rule, the game. And the game right now is you can be taken by take, you go on the route of financing a car that you can't really afford. Uh, buying the super expensive cell phone, not balancing your checkbook, not understanding how a credit card works because credit's a big deal these days because everybody want thinks they have to have it to buy stuff. Um, you know, yeah, I can, everybody's tra- on credit karma. They're checking their credit score. Yeah, I mean, that's marketed that way for a reason. They, they want. There's ways to get around that. It's funny that we see it all the time, though. But it's still nothing that most of us don't understand it. And I, we're not like, I'm not going to sit back and lie to you. I don't understand how all of this works. I have a pretty firm understanding of it because I've been through it. Don't get me wrong. I was in a different position 
10, 12, 15 years ago than I am today because I learned from my mistakes. But why do we all have to make these mistakes to learn these lessons? Yeah. We can, it can easily be taught. We, we talk about being honest and we talk about being in a situation where nobody wants to talk about finances. You don't talk what's on your tax return. You don't talk about um, how much you make. You don't talk about how much you owe. Um, now, we do know, I did look this up, the average American income has $38,000 in personal debt, which does not include a home, $38,000 in personal debt. So if we're going to be honest here, Ryan, Ooh. let's be honest. What is your personal debt? Yeah, no, I, I get credit uh, cards. I, I, I pay my balance off every month on a credit card. So, you know, and, and I run... I run that up pretty pretty high, you know. It's and business pretty, is different from right. personal, so we're talking. We're not talking so, business. We're so, talking personal. So personal. I have a, a truck payment every month, which no big deal. But I I did uh, look at him. Look at him. I'm trying no to think. <laughs> my 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 the the house I have is pretty pretty not expensive. Including home, we're not including the, the not including the house because that would obviously drive the the figure up because everybody's got a mortgage. Yeah, I mean, I I. I I carry no balance on my credit cards. You know, my personal credit cards, I never have a balance. No student loan debt left. No student loan debt. Um, you know, I, I try to always have cash in my wallet and not use my credit card. I wish we had a little applause button right yeah, now no, because that's, that honestly, it's, that, it is I, impressive because I, there is, you know, 70% of the country has some form of debt like that. No, so. I, I don't. And, and really, um, you know, I didn't really understand this. My wife was a big driver on getting me to correct this problem. And also my, per, my reading for my, my, my business, like learning how to be a better professional mm-hmm. between those two, that's kind of really kind of corrected my behavior. Um, you know, I, I still, there's still room for improvement. Don't get me wrong, but I don't carry a balance on the credit card. I don't, uh, um, so it's basically just your car. The car and we have a mortgage. I think that's pretty normal. But yeah. I mean, I don't overextend myself. I don't. I don't plan to do. That. I. I have a little. I have a bit of a problem with really delicious bottles of bourbon. I, but I, I don't go into debt over it. Well, <laughs> you you come pretty damn close because I see the kind of bottles that you walk out of the store yeah. with, and it's it, yeah. you're, you're buying three or four bottles at a time. Yeah, and this is. You know, and and I hope your wife's not listening because I think you hide most of it from her. No, if you ever just, want to store it over here, feel free. I to. might, I might have. Don't to worry do that. about that. But you know, on the flip side, I'll I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. I came from a situation where I had no debt, mm. zero debt, and then I met my lovely wife who decided she wanted to go to uh, law school. And I was in a brand new situation that I was not familiar with where student loan debt became an issue for us. Uh, Not that- That was my biggest problem before I met my wife. That was my biggest problem. But Ryan, you're not a lawyer. These are different (laughs) kind of student loans. I got to be honest with you. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. She she actually did go to the same undergrad as you. She went to Adrian College. And she- Which is not cheap. No, but at the same time, that was manageable. But, you know- it's one of those situations where I looked around at her graduating class when I went to commencements for, for law school. And I was like, there are this stadium looks or or this, uh, uh, it must've been like an auditorium, but this auditorium looks no different than the graduating class from OU for just their undergrad or just for, for your, uh, bachelor's 
or you know, there's that many lawyers graduating. That many lawyers graduate, and they have made it tougher. I mean, just because you graduate from uh, law, school. law school does not mean you pass the bar. You still have to go through that process, yeah. but you're looking in at it, and you're coming out of this with this degree, and you're probably only making, you know. Anywhere, I think on average, you're probably making between 50 and 75 a year, which is, which is what we all expected we were going to make just off of our normal degrees yeah, coming our, out of college. That's bachelors. what was promised to us. So it's he one- quoted that. I mean, uh, air quoted air that. quotes. Yeah. Uh, that's what was promised to us by society. But that just put me in a whole different ballgame where it's like, now we actually have to look at our taxes and we have to figure out like if we're filing jointly, then- Guess what? Our income is driven up, which means she has to pay more, whether that money is there or that money's not there. So being 100% honest with you, we probably are sitting on $100,000 in student loan oh debt. Oh my gosh, it's but so stressful. It is, but it's it's but, it's not because it hasn't stopped us from investing. It hasn't stopped us yeah. from putting money into our also, 401ks, into our Roth IRAs, and into the cash value life insurance yeah. policies. We've still been able to keep up with that. So I don't feel as stressed out, stressed out it, yeah. as maybe the average person right. might. But it's she's, a she has a job. She's working. She's providing oh, yeah. an income. So I mean, there's there, that offsets it a bit. So the investment is that that income that that you know, whatever, she, whatever job or whatever role she takes. And I'm sure she has ambitions to move up. Sure. Know? There's, a, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I would much rather have the debt from that than it's not like we have a, a note on a boat and a place up North right. and yeah. you know, all these other oh, things, man, or a side by side. Did you ever pull the trigger? No, on I did that? not. My wife talked me out of it. I mean, that's a want. That was an impulse. I wanted it. And, I, and she's like, do we really need it? I'm like, no, we don't really need it. Do you really need anything though? Let's be You're honest. Right. No, we don't. We you don't. don't need anything, but it, it allows you to have, and, and this is all, we're all different here. Okay, you're going to, you're going you're gonna to get me into another honest uh-oh. thing. I see people all the time, specifically people around where I live that do have a g- great job and whether it's white collar, blue collar, it doesn't matter that you're making some good money, but you're buying a boat to go fishing in. You're buying a side by side and you're financing all this stuff. What are you thinking? Dude, I went out onto uh, you know, uh, the St. Clair River there. Mike takes his boat out. Our buddy Mike, who he'll call in at some point. He'll be on one of these shows. But he, <laughs> there's the thing. Today. We're, we're out on the boat, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, this is wall-to-wall boats. And I'm not talking dinghies. I have a dinghy. I don't have a boat. The boats that are thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a piece are filled to the brim. These people can't afford it. No, nobody is making enough money to justify that, but they want it because they just want it. We don't need all that stuff, guys. Come on, don't put yourself into that because guess what? There's nothing better than financial freedom. I oh my god, yeah, you're right. I don't. I never stay up at night. I never. Uh, I haven't thought about money in the last 10 years uh, other than how am I going to invest it? And it's not how I'm going to spend it. It's how I'm going to invest it because investing is the way to go. And I wasn't taught this in school. I wasn't taught this by my parents. I have no idea what my dad made. I have (laughs) no freaking clue. But guess what? If he talked to me about it, we'd, we'd, we'd be able to open up a dialogue, but they didn't teach it in school. They don't teach it at home. How are we going to change that? You, and, and as parents, you, you have you have two children. 
I have, I have three. We have to teach them. I mean, you have to, t- you have to take that role. That's and, and see, and, and for our own kids, that'll be great. They'll be okay. But society in general, like we're, we're trying to do, this is, this is for the better good of mm-hmm. society at this point. Like, we need to get to a point where this is open. This is free. This is saying, hey, you effed up. Take, get it together. Take ownership. Try to fix it. And, and that's learn self, from it. That, that's self-reflection. And that is something, uh, man, I was just talking to this to some really close friends of mine, family and friends. It's like, okay, yeah, this person continues to keep messing up and it stresses them out. It, it causes them to lose sleep, to treat their family different, um, to be angry to make terrible decisions about drinking and smoking. There's no self-reflection there to try to get better. What's the definition of insanity? To do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. Yep. You need to have self-reflection. To, okay, and if you're out there thinking like, okay, whatever, I got to do something, just pick one thing. Pick one thing and try to figure it out. And, and go and, on to the next. And see, and I don't want to like make it seem like we're, we're copying anybody's methods here or doing it, but like Dave Ramsey, if you've ever listened to Dave Ramsey, he goes through and he will tell people, they'll say, Hey, I got, they'll, they'll, they'll tell them straight up. I got a car payment. That's, that's this. And I'm paying interest on my credit cards. That's that. And he'll say, here's what you do. First things first, pay off that high interest credit card. You're going to put away 20% every month and you're going to you're going to sacrifice some stuff. You and the wife go out for dinner? Mm-mm. Do you and the wife uh, rent any movies? Do you have cable? Oh, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I was saying <laughs> I'm going through that. this scenario. Yeah, don't do that. So, yeah, we go out to dinner like on Friday and Saturday. Stop it. You're not going out for dinner anymore. Okay. You're going to stop doing that until you pay off that credit card. See, th- see, but th- that guy, I listened to him because I tried to oh, figure out what he's telling people about life insurance thing, but I mean, he's got very common sense no, no nonsense solutions to problems, but it's so he's made a, a living off of adulting adults. <laughs> it's it's so scary how simple, how simple it is. Yeah. It's scary that yeah. that most people need even need his advice. But they I, listen I like to him. him. I do. I, I do too because I think he's very uh, important for those these people because it helps them get out of those situations. And he's he's taken the um, kind of the flag and saying, "Listen, I'll help you. You just call, just yeah. ask." And I, so kudos to him. I don't like what he, his opinions on certain things, but that is a very valuable tool for, for people. Yeah. Because if you, if you don't, if you're having troubles with it, his approach is very simple and straightforward and it works. It does. And I mean, and that's, and sometimes that that's what it takes for getting somebody to shake you and just say, here's what you need to do. And that's what we are here for. That's what Ryan and I are here for. So we've been going, we've, we've almost got an hour into it again. It, Flies by like that. Whoa. But here's the thing. <laughs> you heard us touch on opportunity costs. Um, you heard us talk about self-motivation, the drive, what it takes to get to where you're at. Next week on our next show, we are going to be talking about the college degree. We talked about high school. We're going to talk about the college degree. Is it worth it? Do you have student loan debt? How do all these things apply to your overall success in life? Is it a farce or do we actually need this? So we're going to try to connect the dots on this. We hope you enjoyed this show. We hope you got a little bit out of this. And you know what? We're all just struggling here. Everybody is in the same boat. We're here to help each other. We're not here to bring bring anybody down. Let's be honest. Let's talk about money and let's uh, let's have a little bit of fun while we're doing it. <laughs> we're having a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank right. you very much for inviting me. I hope uh, we taught you guys something. And until uh, next time, cheers. Take care.